Haiku! Trump will make his pick. The NBA could learn something. Everyone, calm down. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Yeah, I know, it's kind of a weird day to be doing this. I, um, sa- I'm doing this on a Saturday, which is something I usually don't do, but I, I, I had a lot to say, and I had a lot of stories. That I just don't think it can wait till Monday. So, President Trump has decided that he is going to nominate Amy Coney Barrett, uh, unless there's some really bizarre uh, rumor or some big surprise that's going to happen today. This is not a surprise. Uh, she was his second pick over uh, behind Kavanaugh for the last uh, Supreme Court justice. Uh, we'll find out at 2 p.m. Uh, Pacific time today. So it's going to be interesting, but now the attacks are coming. The attacks are coming. Some guy named Dana Hool, who served as the chief of staff of the Democratic, uh, for Democratic representative of New Hampshire, uh, Representative Paul Hodes, and a campaign manager for Hodes, and a Democratic Republic, uh, Jim Hines. So he, so he's a campaign manager for Jim Hines, and he was a New Hampshire. He was a chief of staff for Paul Rhodes. He said in a tweet, "I love this tweet. This is this is awesome, and it's actually a series." So, quote, I would love to know which adoption agency Amy Coney Barrett and her husband used to adopt the two children they brought here from Haiti. So here's a cue. Does the press even investigate details of Barrett's adoptions from Haiti? Some adoptions from Haiti were legit. Many were sketchy as hell. And if the press learned they were unethical and maybe illegal adoptions, would they report it or not because it involves her children? Would it matter if her kids were scooped up by ultra-religious Americans or Americans were scrupulous intermediaries and the children were taken when there was a family in Haiti? I don't know. I think it does, but maybe it doesn't or shouldn't. I hope that the adoptions were fully legit and ethical. I hope that the investigates. That's why what I, it, he's, his, in, this is, this is his English here, but I'll continue. But if the adoptions were sketchy, reporting it would really screw with the lives of her two adopted kids and maybe the five bio kids too. What the f is that all about? See, here's the whole thing. This, this—they're not learning from what happened with Kavanaugh. They are not learning from what happened with Kavanaugh. It's just—it's really, really disgusting when you start just coming up with crap. And he admits it. He doesn't know anything. But let's just dig in and let's see if we can find something. You know, it took them. 30 years to find something of digging, to find something that might have happened with uh, Kavanaugh. And then we, of course, then we find out nothing really happened with Kavanaugh. It's just, now you're attacking the woman's kids because of her religion? Because those crazy Catholics, they do weird shit, and maybe they kidnap two black kids from Haiti. Oh my lord. The South Bend reported, in 2009 discussion before the Notre Dame Club of Washington, D.C., Barrett said she and Jesse decided to adopt 
uh, from Haiti because it was an un- impoverished country and because it was close enough to be able to visit as the kids became older. She and her husband debated over the years whether one should stay home with the children. She described plenty of soul-searching and anxiety about balancing the kids and work, but Jesse's aunt was help, uh, has helped watch the kids for years, and Jesse took on more home duties after she became a judge. What, quote, what greater thing can you do than raise children, she said. It's what Barrett said. That's where you have your greatest impact in the world. Okay. Um, does anyone think, you know, we got to understand something. She's a judge. She actually is evaluated all the time by the FBI and everybody else. She has a top secret security clearance. She is given polygraph tests. Does anyone really think she's going to illegally kidnap kids from Haiti so she can raise them as her own? Uh, it's it's just disgusting. Well, who got lambasted on uh, Twitter? Bethany Mandel, a conservative e- editor, said, This is effing evil as hell. Now, she's a conservative editor. She's a Catholic. You've got to get a lot to get a Catholic to blow her ass out like that. And by the way... She calls herself a neo-Nazi and a grandma killer. She's my type of editor. I need to start reading the Ricochet magazine. That's the one she actually publishes because she's got to be absolutely hysterical. A woman that I always listen to on Fox News, and I do read her work on The Federalist, Mauling Hemingway, tweeted, quote, nice children you've got. Shame if something happened to them. That's... End of quote. That's exactly what this hool is basically doing. I'll continue the quote. You know what we're doing, what you're doing is disgusting. You know it's indefensible and wrong. Stop doing it immediately. Have the embarrassed amount of human decency and stop going after children for political reasons. (laughs) You think? Do you know who doesn't attack children of political opponents? Republicans. Remember the press attacked Donald Trump's son on election night? Remember that Nick Sandman was 17-year-old was thrown under the bus because he didn't hide and cower from some fraud beating a drum in front of his face? And realize they're attacking Kyle Rittenhouse right now for defending himself in the Kenosha from three known felons, including one child molester. Kyle Rittenhouse was 17. Do you really think we should be listening to the Democrats when it comes to defending children's rights? They don't give a rat's butt about it. It's just, it's really disgusting, and I'm really excited about next week when they actually have these hearings, because the left has no scruples, and it's just, oh, you, I can't wait to hear what they're going to come up with next week. Now, the Democrats did say next, oh, well, let's, let's continue on. Finally, Ted Cruz tweeted, Dems operatives opening salvo at Judge Barrett, attacking her young children. This is twisted. Leave the kids alone. Simply, simple, and right to the point. And that's exactly what it is. And they are going to attack. They're going to continue to attack. Now, the Democrats have already said that, this is what I was going to bring up before. The Democrats have already said that they were not going to show up to the questioning. Well, there are two reasons they are going to show up to the questioning. The first reason is 2024, we got to think about that. And a bunch of the, can- a bunch of the senators that are going to be talking are going to be 
sitting back and grandstanding because they need to get themselves ready, get their names out there for 2024. And this is going to be a big deal because Trump's going to win this election. I don't think there's any doubt if Comey Barrett gets gets nominated in 22 days or whatever it's going to be, it, he, he's going to get reelected. It's three Supreme Court justices. Um, the next thing is right now they may the Democrats may scream that we're not going to show up for the uh, for the questioning of Amy Coney Barrett, but the reality is um, they just need to find something first. They really don't have anything right now, and they're going to have to go out there and they've got to dig. They've got to find something. I mean, I don't know if you're going to have a find a lot on a Catholic woman who's been married for 25 years has got a stellar. Uh, uh, educational record and uh, career record and basically has seven children, two of them, two adopted black children from Haiti. It's going to be a real stretch for them to find anything, but you know, they're going to, it's going to be really interesting. And remember, politics is fun. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. Nobody get mad. This is fun stuff. The world is on fire right now. And Maybe it's the worst it's ever been in this country. Maybe not. I don't know. I do believe in a a, a slapback. I do believe that the country is going to go back to normal. I really do believe it's going to go back to normal, but we could use four more years of Trump. And by the way, we could use quite a few years of of Trump. Maybe not necessarily Trump, but I can't wait for 2024 either. Because I think the Republicans are going to put someone out there that's going to be far harder to beat. Than Donald Trump. The next story I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit on the fence about, and I, I know I, I'm being a little bit, how shall we say, really positive today, maybe because I know Amy Coney Barrett is the one I actually wanted, but it, it, I understand what the Democrats are doing here. I don't, I don't think it's for the right reasons, but I, I, I get this, and it's good. Uh, so this is from um, the Daily Wire. Democrats in the House of Representatives will introduce a bill next week to limit the tenure of U.S. Supreme Court justices from lifetime appointments, which is outlined in the Constitution. There's the big one right there, outlined in the Constitution, to just an 18-year single term. Reuters reported the new bill, seen by Reuters, would allow every president to nominate two justices per four-year term and comes amid heightened political tensions as the Republican president, Donald Trump, prepares to announce his third pick for the Supreme Court after the death on September 18th of Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, with just 40 days to go until the November 3rd election. Now, one thing I do want to point out here is, yes, the election is November 3rd, okay? It is only 40 days till—that's that's fine, um, but President Trump has six months left to be president. He's not, he, his term is not three and a half years. Even if he loses the election on November 3rd, that does not mean he does not have the right to pick the Supreme Court justice. His, he has a four-year term. So all this crap that there's a stop gap at November 3rd is bullshit because Biden is not president on November 4th. If he wins, he's not going to win, but if he wins, so it's, it's crappy. So according to Democratic Representative Ro Khanna of California, the bill, the Supreme Court Term Limits and Regular Appointments Act, is intended to tamp down partisanship. Bullshit. It's done for, the, the he, listen, this is done to limit a president's power, to stop the president so the president can't. It, there are some problems with this bill. 
I do believe in term limits. I don't believe in the term limits that he's setting. I don't think a president picking two. Hey, by the way, next term, if President Trump wins, President Trump could very well have five Supreme Court nominees because Breyer is going to retire and so's Clarence Thomas. And he's going to get, he's already got Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and he's going to get Coney Barrett. So it's not going to work because life doesn't, people don't just stop at 18 years. We'll talk about that in a second. Kana said, quote, it would save the country a lot of agony and help lower the temperature over the fights for the court that go to the fault lines of cultural issues and is one of the primary things that are tearing our social fabric. You know, here's the problem. The court really shouldn't be have anything to do with our social issues. I, I don't know why it continues to have that. Uh, Reuters said the bill seeks to avoid constitutional concerns by exempting current justices from the 18-year rule. Those appointed under term limits would become senior upon retirement and rotate to lower courts. Kana continued to say, that's perfectly consistent with their judicial independence and having a lifetime salary, it's true, and a lifetime appointment, that's true. As noted uh, by News at Northeastern uh, News at Northeastern at, in 2018, Northeastern law professor Michael Meltzer, who specializes in, in the Supreme Court, said lifetime appointments to the Supreme Court were intended to insulate justice from partisan politics, end quote. And that is true. Uh, doesn't happen that way. Meltzer said that was, to, that was put into con- the Constitution to preserve the total independence of the judiciary. Once a justice is confirmed and takes a seat in the court, they are not beholden to anybody. Now, I, I have some thoughts. I have some thoughts. A long, a long time ago, actually, five, six years ago, I read a book by Mark Levin called The Liberty Amendments. Very good book. Very good book. Um, and he talked about term limits. I've also read the Federalist Papers, and apparently the forefathers talked about term limits. Um, they didn't place term limits on anyone because they didn't want the country to not have a choice. For example, if you have a great president, he's going to be a great president. He'll win election over and over and over again. They had this with George Washington. George Washington, they almost wanted to make him a king. And George Washington, after I think it's two terms or one term, said, no, I'm done. Of course, he was a general during a, the Revolutionary War. He, eventually, he's got to be getting pretty tired. But I, here's the thing I think that drives me crazy is term limits are not just for the president and not just for the Supreme Court. Term limits should be for everybody. The Senate, the House of Representatives, nobody should be in um, in government for their lives. I should not hear that Joe Biden has been in government for 47 years. Now, Joe Biden did it half right. I mean, he eight of those years, he was a uh, vice president, which is fine. But if you want to be a career politician, you're a politician for, you're in the House for 12 years, you're in the Senate for 12 years. I do believe it's a 12-year limit. That's what I think it should be. President for four years. Um, I would say it'd be 20 years for the um, Supreme Court. And then you're out. That's it. There should not be. Joe Biden should never be in Congress for 47 years. Nancy Pelosi should not be in Congress. 
for 40 years. This is just stuff that shouldn't happen. So I do agree with term limits. Uh, and I think this is a... Rokana made an effort. It's a stupid effort. It It is not... It is not an ethical effort. He's not doing this because he believes there should be term limits. He believes there should be term limits on judges that Donald Trump selects. We'll get into that in a second. The 18-year limit and the two picks per president, yeah, that's not going to work. That's just stupid. Uh, If you want to set a term limit, that's fine. But you better be very, very, very prepared that there may be a president in 18 years that's not going to be on your side. I, I do not think you can sit there and say, okay, two presidents, uh, two terms, uh, two picks per pre- that's not going to happen. You have to keep the Supreme Court at the number of justices, and it has to be an odd number for any problems that may come. Um, so you have someone that dies, not just two people, decide to retire or they run their term limit, but someone dies. You cannot sit back and wait two years before you can elect another Supreme Court justice. This is stupid. All right. So this this is what he's saying. So let's just say John Doe gets elected. 18 years later, you've got a Republican president. Two guys are kicked out of office. One guy dies. And now we're going to go and he dies and the, on the second year of the presidential term. Does that mean now the Supreme Court goes with eight justices for three years? What happens if you had deadlocks or anything like that? It's stupid. So it, that's just dumb. It, it won't work. The, Democrat, the Democrats, again, have great ideas for the wrong reasons. They're not here to do the right thing. Because if they did the right thing, they would want to set term limits for themselves They'd want to set a term limit for the House of Representatives. They'd want to set a term limit for the senators. I mean, Joe Biden was a senator for eight, 39 years. I Do you think that goes a little bit over? And then he was a, a vice president for eight years. I personally think the deadlock, and by the way, the deadlocks that Congress and the Senate have and everyone has, that's done on purpose by the Constitution. Read the Federalist Papers, read the Constitution. Well, the Federalist Papers are going to be better. But deadlocks are the point of government. Laws should not be easy to create. Now, the government has gone around that by creating bureaucracy, and now bureaucracy makes the laws, which is weird. And shouldn't happen. And by the way, if you read Mark Levin's book, and I didn't mention it, it's called The Liberty Amendments. Read that book. It's really long. It's really dry. It's really good. Um, bureaucracy shouldn't be creating law. Supreme Court is now creating law. That's not what they were there to do. But once again, it's the Democrats doing the right thing for the wrong reasons. And then setting things up so that Ro Khanna set things up, and I kind of understand it, but Ro Khanna set things up so that, oh, well, two, you can't have three picks. Here's a newsflash. If Donald Trump wins re-election, he's going to have five picks for the Supreme Court. That's going to happen. He's already got Kavanaugh, Gorsuch, and he's going to get Coney Barrett. But 
Clarence Thomas is going to re- retire. Stephen Breyer is going to retire. He's going to get five picks. And it will be a major, it will be a big deal on the Supreme Court. I mean, that's going to be literally a six to three uh, conservative slant. And by the way, I don't think it's a conservative court. If it's six to three, I don't think it'll be a conservative court. I think it'll be a moderate court. It'll be a center-right court, which is what it should be, because most of the country is center-right. But the reason they did that is not because we should have Supreme Courts. Just the simple fact that he put a limit on the number of picks a president can have shows that that's not what he meant. He doesn't want Donald Trump picking five picks. Finally, um, I'm sorry, Ro. You're, you're wrong. You need a constitutional amendment. That's it. That's it. Constitutional amendment means you need 60% of everybody to uh, support. I, I have to look up what it is to make an amendment. I know it's extremely difficult, but it, I think you need a majority in the House. You need 60% in the Senate, and you need 60% of the states, 38 states, to say, yes, let's let's add an amendment. We haven't had an amendment in like 30 years. It's very difficult to get an amendment. Nobody can agree on anything. And by the way, I would actually support this amendment. Well, not this amendment from Ro Khanna, because I think it's crap and I don't think it'll work. Not because it's bad intentioned or anything like that. I just think the whole 18-year, two picks per president crap, I don't think that's going to work. I I just, I think that's just really dumb. So, uh, good try. Um, It's not really being talked about too much, but it's something out there. Now, one of the things I think, you know, I haven't watched any sports I had, last weekend I didn't see any football. Um, this week I didn't see any football. Um, I'm watching basketball with the people I live with, but I, outside of that I don't watch basketball. I don't watch hockey. I don't watch baseball. I don't watch any sports. I've got better things to do. And I think the reason, the, well, the reason I don't watch sports much anymore is because of this social justice bullshit that the uh, the left is has forced into the entertainment industry. Remember, we could watch movies, and we already knew the directors, everybody was left with movies. I mean, left. Even 10, 15 years ago. I remember the day after tomorrow. It was the most leftist movie you could ever see. But I was okay with that, because it was there for entertainment, the special effects were good, the story was interesting, and I it's it remains one of the movies I see a lot. I, I just like the movie. I don't like the message, but I realize I don't like the message. But then the left has seeped into our culture, and now you got the NBA wearing that Black Lives Matter on the back of their jerseys and cr- bullshit like that. I not interested. I'm just not going to watch it. NFL, the NFL is doing it. I think. I know the right says the NFL, oh, they're really screwing it. And they're really not. The commercials are screwing it up for the NFL. But it's not so bad. But I think the sports teams need to learn something. 
they really need to learn something. So, per the Daily Wire, former NBA stars Charles Barkley and Shaquille O'Neal pushed back on a lot of outrage that racial activists have been fomenting in recent days over the Breonna Taylor, uh, over the death of Breonna Taylor, noting that the case, while tragic, did not belong to the same category as the death of George Floyd. Now, okay, we'll go, the death of George Floyd was a tragedy. George Floyd did not die of um, Derek Chauvin sitting on his neck. Okay, he died of a fentanyl overdose. It's already been proven. It's been done. Now, does that mean Derek Chauvin's a good guy? Absolutely not. He should lose his job and possibly go to jail. Should he go to jail for murder? Probably not. He should probably go to jail for uh, uh, assault. That's what he did. So this is what Charles Barkley said. It's bad the young lady lost her life, but, you know, we do have to take into account that her boyfriend did shoot at the cops and shot a cop. So, like I said, even though I'm really sorry she lost her life, I don't think that we can just say we can put this in the same situation as George Floyd or Armand Aubrey. I just don't believe that. Okay, first off, Armand Aubrey was not shot by the police, but his death was really covered up by the police. Um, that Aubrey was that guy who, in the suburbs of a Georgia town, was shot by two rednecks, and then the police basically just let it go. And one of the guys who shot, who was there, was a former police detective. So Arbery is, you can actually debate that one. That shows actual corruption in the police department and the DA's office. So I believe that. George Floyd, yes. I, I think George Floyd was an extreme tragedy. Now let's remember something about, and Charles Barkley really points this out. And I like the, what, he did, I, what he does. And I, I like Charles Barkley now. I hated him when he played for the Philadelphia 76ers. But I like what he points out here is that, guys, um, no, this wasn't that unjustified. These cops had the legal warrants. They didn't break into the the apartment, which is what they should have done. If they had broken into the apartment, all these people would have been arrested. Everyone would have been alive. But they knocked and they identified themselves. The boyfriend of uh, Taylor got a gun shot at the police, hit one in the thigh, and the cop shot back. It was a legitimate shoot. There was nothing illegal about this. Nobody should go to jail for this. Yes, one of the police officers emptied a clip, which was weird, and almost hit people in another apartment, which he's getting wanton, uh, wanton, I don't know what it's called, but he's he's getting convicted for that. He's going to get convicted for that. He should get convicted for that. The other, but but the point is, is guys, listen to the story. Everyone said Brianna Taylor was in her bed just sleeping, and she got six times, shot six times. That's a lie. That's not true. Brianna Taylor was in the hallway. She was behind her boyfriend. She was awake and got shot. So there, there's a lot of lies that are being perpetuated on this whole thing. O'Neill then reportedly jumped in and agreed with Barkley, highlighting the aspects of the case from loss from the law enforcement side, of, from the law enforcement side of things. O'Neill said, quote, 
I have to agree with Charles. This is one this one is sort of lumped in. You have to get a warrant signed and some states do not allow no knock warrants. And everyone was asking for murder charges. When you talk about murder, you have to show intent. A homicide occurred and we're sorry a homicide occurred. When you have a warrant signed by a judge, you are doing your job. And I would imagine that you would fire back. Barkley replied, we have to really be careful with, on these, you know. I hear these fools on TV talking about defund the police and things like that. We need police reform and prison reform and things like that because, you know, who ain't going to defund, who ain't going to defend the cops? White neighborhoods and rich neighborhoods. So that notion, they keep saying that, I'm like, wait a minute, we're just going who are the black people supposed to call? Ghostbusters? When we have crime in our neighborhoods? That's the quote. I did make that up. That's what he said. We need police reform. But like I said, white people, and especially rich white people, they're always going to have cops. So we need to stop that defund and abolish the cops crap. Absolutely correct. And here's something that was noted by the Daily Wire uh, quite a while ago, actually. A Gallup poll conducted, quote, A Gallup poll conducted from June 23rd to July 6th, surveying more than 36,000 U.S. adults, found that 61% of black Americans said they'd like police to spend the same amount of time in their community, while 20% answered they'd like to see more police, totaling 81%. Just 19% of those polled said they wanted police to spend less time in their area. This was reported by Newsweek, by the way. The, the Daily, Daily Wire, Newsweek is an extremely left-wing outlet. Daily Wire is just quoting this. I'll continue. Quote, Black Americans' responses to questions were nearly on par with the average, in which 67% of all U.S. adults said they wanted police presence to remain the same, and 19% said they wanted it to increase. Now, like I said, I hated Charles Barkley when he was in the NBA. That's because he was a brutal player, and the Lakers couldn't control him. And I was a Laker fan. Was. I'm not anymore. I don't know how intelligent Barkley is. Uh, he doesn't seem like he's really that bright, but he has something really important. It's called common sense. And he's rich enough that he doesn't give a damn about what people think of his opinions. He has gotten into trouble for his opinions before. This isn't the first time he's said something controversial. As far as Shaq, I love Shaq. I think he's probably my favorite Laker. I'm not surprised that he agreed with Barkley, and I'm not surprised he is actually pro-cop. Don't forget, in one of his comments, he said, and everyone, uh, intent, homicide, not... When you have a warrant signed by a judge, but I don't know what he... But he, he had mentioned we. He had mentioned we. Let's not forget, Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal was a reservist police officer in Louisiana. He was actually... A, when he retired, he became a police officer. Carrying the gun and everything. So you know he's got a little bit of... Uh, a heart for the police. Not to mention he's funny as hell. That's why I like him. Good for these two. And the NBA should be listening. Their ratings are down 
50% because of all this social justice warrior bullshit. The reality is 81% of blacks agree with Shaq and Chuck. Over 81% of all communities believe, uh, believe in what Shaq and Chuck were saying. Matter of fact, they're not preaching. They're saying what they think and everyone else believes. The NBA better get their heads out of their asses because they're really losing. And they're losing because idiots like LeBron, who is an idiot, ain't selling tickets anymore. No one's watching it on TV. No one's watching it on TV. The Lakers may win the championship this year, but I can guarantee you I'm not going to be watching it because this is my protest. My protest is a free market protest. LeBron James wants to play basketball and be an idiot. I don't have to watch LeBron James play basketball and be an idiot. He doesn't have to get any of my advertising dollars. Doesn't have to get any of my ratings. Screw him. That's what I've got to say. I want to end my podcast with um, Biden bobbling. And especially a Biden comments because you're not hearing any Biden comments these days. Well, I mean, when he decides, I mean, Biden's been hidden away now for 18 days. Again, I don't understand how a campaign like this is supposed to work unless the Democrats are cheating, which I'm pretty sure they are. We're going to talk about that on Monday. Well, I have another one from 2000. It's from 2016. I can't lie. I have mixed feelings about this one. Uh, things have been real positive today. I think we've really had real positive things. Uh, even the Democrats doing their stupid shit. I've sat back and I said, oh, you know, that's not a big deal. You might not like it, but it is what it is. So let's let's talk let's talk about this. At first, here's Sleepy Creepy Joe talking to a bunch of military folk, and he makes a comment that probably is well. I mean. He kind of bumbles the <laughs> the guy. You can barely understand what he says anymore. He is so off. But here he is. Listen to what he had to say. One, I married Jill. And two, I appointed Johnson to the Academy. I just want you to know that. Just clap for that, you stupid bastard. There was a time I was in a meeting and I made a joke that was inappropriate. It wasn't terrible joke. I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was anything that should be offensive. It was a joke, and it but it was inappropriate. I got into trouble, was crucified in HR, but dealt with my punishment over. This is exactly what happened with this Joe Biden comment. But there are things I think this shows us, not about Joe, but about the media. This happened in 2016. Why hasn't this been reported yet? If Trump made a comment like this, it would be widely reported. Hell, they make up comments that Trump supposedly said. Why did this take four years for this to come out? Would Trump get the same consideration? Of course not. Biden just bitched for an entire town hall about how Trump hates the military. And that was disproven by people who were actually there. It, it, it was debunked. It was made up. It was bullshit. Why was this story not a thing? 
Those are rhetorical questions. I don't have an answer. Well, I do, and so do you. So we know what's what's absolutely going on. But here, here's the thing that bothers me, and this is the this and it's the criticism from the right. Joe Biden just made a joke. It was a joke. He's with a bunch of soldiers, the saltiest human beings in the world. They actually are trained to be salty, trained to be tough, trained to be hard and insensitive to hard words. These people avoid bullets for a living. They watch their friends die for a living. They kill for a living. Do you think any of these guys really got offended? I don't think so. I think he made a joke. I was in the army. I can guarantee you they didn't. So why are conservatives getting offended? Here's the thing. I, 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 I agree with people who get upset about the media and they don't treat Trump differently than Biden. They, treat, they don't treat Trump the same way as they treat Biden. I get it. I totally understand that. But this faux outrage by Republicans is stupid. And I'm not going to get... I, I, heard the, I heard the clip. This, that clip was from Grabian. I heard the clip. Okay, so? He made a joke. It was a bad joke. It was a bad joke. I mean, I personally would have been more offended by his comment about 7-Eleven being... only being dealt with people who were had an accent. I think that is more telling of Joe Biden. This is not a telling joke. It's just a joke. Not a big deal. I That does not mean we can't point it out. But I think this faux outrage from conservatives, let's drop it. I mean, just bring it up. We should bring it up. There's no question. Because this shows the difference between Trump and Biden and how the media treats Trump and Biden. This is not a story anywhere. This is not a story anywhere. Just like the peace, the peace deal that Trump brokered through through um, his son-in-law was not a story. We just need to point that out. We don't need to have this faux outrage. So I end that on a positive note. So when you hear Biden say, make a joke, and it's a stupid joke, it's an insulting joke, there's no question it was, but it was a joke. I, if I said that, if I said that in a meeting at work, I would get written up and I deserve it. So, but let's not make more out of something than it is. Okay, so you can follow me on Twitter at RunninFool, R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L. You can download or listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, and YouTube. Uh, you can visit my website at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics. You can look at my show notes. You can look at my links. You can look at my video and audio and any graphics that I have. You've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Have a great weekend and go Amy Coney Barrett.